The Last Time I Smoked is an independent entertainment podcast intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> this is the fifth recording. This is the fifth. Oh, before you put that on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm repped voiceover, technically. Um, commercial print voiceover. The voiceover side, they want me to record a one-minute thing. Hey. Do you have any... I don't... Yeah, don't totally. Is there like an app I can use on my phone or something? Oh, it's yeah. just me talking for a minute. Welcome to The Last Time I Smoked. I'm your host, Landon Charles Hughes, and on today's episode, one year. Today's guest is Matthew Peter Murphy, and ending with a heading. One year. Uh, it's been one year <laughs> since I... Uh, finished these pod uh, started this podcast and we only have 17 episodes yeah that's a wake-up call how fast the time flew by whoa a whole year and how, and what a strange way to monitor it through a series of numbers on an iTunes account of how many episodes you've been able to produce and put up <laughs> oh and get to your open mics and finish your UCB classes and perform the only thing I want to do and it's sad because I do like talking on these things and I do like spouting out my bullshit everybody else is doing it (laughs) but yeah I think going forward with the podcast it's going to be just a podcast um so yeah cutting back work on myself oh And I've been cutting back on the weed a lot, too. I don't... Apparently, when you work more, you don't have time to smoke. Uh, The more you get done, uh, then it feels a little bit more congratulatory when you finally do get to smoke. It should not be used like, you know, how how people become alcoholics. It's like... It's like, hey, we celebrated this project. Woo! You know, next week. Woo! Let's do it again. Hey, fuck it. Let's do it Wednesdays. Hump day. What? Okay, now let's just be doing Thursdays, Fridays, every days. Yeah! And then, you know, you got a beer gut and you're just playing StarCraft 2 all day. But yeah. The more I work, the more I feel less guilty for indulging in my own vice. And that's how I see it now. I don't think, in my perspective of what... You know, the last time I've smoked has, you know, what has been to me and for me, um, was a little bit of a more realization, a little bit more of a understanding of all the things I was telling myself, letting all these things I was saying and putting down onto memory information cards that I'm telling it to reinforce my own belief in it. My own trust in my own abilities. Because we're all not going to be here forever. And that sucks. But let's try to have the most peaceful time together while we're here. And I think sparking up a doobie can do that. (laughs) I think for a little bit, you know, at least 10 years, and then you can prohibition it again, just to give it a try. Let him, let him have it, you know, all in all, like, 
This silly bullshit. Silly, silly bullshit. Today's guest is Matthew Peter Murphy. I've known Matthew Peter Murphy for about three years now. We've been very good friends since the shooting of my thesis film play from back at film school. Uh, Ever since then, he's been working with a lot of great talent here in L.A. He's an actor. He's done a lot of other writing projects with me. He's currently doing this small like web series uh, project right now that I shot for him. He's currently in editing. And uh, he's got a multitude of other things going on right now. So, uh, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Peter Murphy. Um, you can or cannot? Landon is crying right I'm now. I'm always crying. <laughs> Landon's constantly you crying. Huh? There's only so much you can do for people at times. Go on. Go on. It's like, all right. So, I haven't been drinking for three months. Woo! Thank three you. months now? Over three months. 13 weeks. I thought you said 30 days. You're at no. 13 weeks. 13 weeks, sir. Congrats. Thank you. And like I needed to. There was a few times. It wasn't always, but there was a few times when I was like, I'm just doing this too much. And I needed that self-realization to give up. Where it was like, people, you know, people would say, oh, you know, or actually people would not say. But in theory, someone could say like, oh, I think you should slow down or, you know, maybe you should take a break. And you really can't until you decide that you need to take a break or that you really need help and take that extra step. I feel like that's me all the time. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was going to talk to you about this after the show. (laughs) Oh, no. No, I'm kidding. But you're right. I actually, I told Dimitri that too. I was like, I'm not drinking anymore. Only because that's not a person or a physicality that benefits me there's nothing in drinking that i get anymore that Mm -hmm. i i can say well i'm glad i i'm really glad i got so drunk last night yeah and now i feel like shit and i can't work and the day's wasted the day's the day is gone and it's like you listen i've been listening to stories like bradley cooper he was on the ver he just did um uh, wedding Crashers, and he was kind of like no one really knew who he was, and he was kind of getting out. He there. was the jock dude, and he that. was the jock dude, and he was drinking heavily, and he made the decision. He was like, "I can see where this is going, and it's not going to be good," and he gave up. He decided enough is enough. Stopped. Do you think it's a build up to that? I think it has to be. So there's just no good end to that story. Like to if drink. He continued. Yeah. I mean, Anthony Hopkins. I think there was a story where he got so drunk that he couldn't even finish the second act of his play, and he didn't become a star until he became sober. Like Gary Oldman, sober for like fifteen years now. How does how do you see this? How do you see this sobriety change these people? In what ways? I mean, we always say like, oh, they made a ton of money. They made, mm-hmm. so-. but honest and truthfully, what is it in their own person that you're seeing or in their story that drives that point home all i know is for me i was having i was in class scene study class last year and i was having issues with the scene it was bringing up some personal stuff and i was numbing myself with some beer instead of really doing the work as an actor and tackling what the issue was and really doing with those real emotions and humanity 
the yeah the humanity of it and the thing is if you do that you're not doing your job as an actor you have to be open to everything and if you're numbing yourself with alcohol then you're just doing yourself a disservice and you're not being artistic you're kind of hiding so it allows i mean there's times i you know it's like oh man i could use a drink but it's like why do you feel that way what's what's the real reason you want to drink it's like when i was going for my headshots that i just got it was like two when was that two weeks ago maybe three weeks ago probably two and i my mind went oh you should grab a beer because my roommate had some beers in the refrigerator and it was like no that's not what you actually want it's because you're afraid of what of success i don't want to say success but it's like but I'm, in in I that mean, situation what what was so it's always just drinking to forget a thing not to forget a thing it's like fear is coming up where this is like a big step in my career this will lead me to big things oh yeah but i'm not ready i should just drink and i'll just fuck it up that way i don't actually take the risk like artificially putting a ceiling above yourself Mm -hmm. you could say that like a crutch or not even a crutch because a crutch is there to help you yeah i wouldn't say crutch it's just like getting in your own way to put it simply. And, and so easily. And hey, just so go to easy. the fridge. It's, it's like, right oh, there. Yeah, it's a bomb. I'll just a couple, couple beers and then you know, maybe I won't show up. And it's like that's the easy choice. The hard choices or the hard decision, I mean, would be to actually go deal with your anxiety, deal with the fear, deal with the possibility of failing and do it anyway. Oh my God. Yes. And like that's what <laughs> I've just seen so many people like give up on their dreams so early because they've, they're afraid or they don't go to class. They don't go to auditions because they're afraid or not outside of acting in general. Everything. Everything. It applies to acting and, and every other pr- profession. It's a human condition. It's like we're afraid of failure or being judged. Mine's the latter. Mm hmm. I try to keep a pristine look of myself and I want You're to doing be seen. a terrible job. <sighs> I feel it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, what is that? And so what do I drop? What do I, you know what I mean? And what do I change in my life that I guess readjusts its heading? Like apparently I'm, Yeah. Like, I like smoking weed, for instance, and I okay. don't see it as a deterrent, but drinking has definitely been the deterrent. I don't see weed, like, uh, you know, we smoked weed the other day. Right. Me and you. And you like that? It was fine. I mean, I was doing a bunch of stuff later, so I wasn't high. <laughs> right. I just had, I was just like. Just a quick, yeah. Just a quick couple, you know, why not? I didn't say I was sober. I said I wasn't drinking. So, ah, so is weed not sober? Not to me. No cocaine, nothing angry, uh, maybe some molly and some shrooms. Wouldn't be against that. Molly's still synthetic. Is it? Yes. Is it? Is it? <laughs> what are you putting in your body that you don't know the composition of it? Okay. Uh, yes. It happened one time. All right. I'm, I'm not judging. I'm not a, judging. I'm just saying. It's more happy drunk. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. You know, alcohol can lead to rage and anger. 
So that's exactly it. Like, mm. man, has got a lot of rage and anger inside. And but mm. I usually am very good at like keeping that part of me inside, even when I drink. I'm usually mm-hmm. pretty sweet and able to like notice. But when I party hard, mm-hmm. holy, and you. That's like this past Friday. Like, why do they always party like that? Why did? Why know. does Hollywood party like that? Why I do, don't. Why is that our culture? I went to a play. I stayed there an hour at the party you're referring to. Yeah. I went to a play. Sam Shepard, Cowboy Mouth. Awesome. Really weird, but I love Sam Shepard. So should you. Um, is it on the iTunes? What? Sam Shepard? What are you talking about? Cowboy Mouth? What is this? You know Sam Shepard, the actor? Yes, the famous yes, actor. yes, yes, he's yes. He's a yes. famous playwright. Older guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, all, he's fantastic. But he started out in New York City writing plays, and he was a playwright, actor. Hmm. Done tons of plays. True West, Cowboy Mouth. Can't remember anything else, but there but was it a were great. bunch. It was great. Then I went to my friend's secret show. Uh, downtown LA, Factory District. It was like this loft kind of abandoned building, and... <sighs> Like cool. very New York downtown kind of vibe. It was really cool. And I was tempted to drink at each of these locations, but I chose not to, and I feel good for that. Um, but it, what was the point? Why do people party so hard? I don't know. But I don't want to be around that because they're like, oh, you have to network, right? People are like, oh, network, network, network. But how many people that you're getting super drunk with are you really I used with? to. I used to get a lot of work mm-hmm. with the people that I rage faced with. Okay. I like that term. <laughs> when I separate myself from that, I do feel like a different person. What do you mean? Not way? drinking. Mm-hmm. Saying no and just like kind of like, I went to Aaron Top's to birthday. Oh, okay, I didn't go. I know it's okay. It was backyard camping on a Wednesday night. I'm like, no, uh, <laughs> but you went though. You went though. I did. We st- I brought, I brought, um, I brought Andrew with me. We mm-hmm. drove up and I had, and I, I did the old military, uh, rule, which is one beer an hour, three beers a night. That's it. I didn't know it was a rule. Then military it is. Yeah. Oh, like when you're in the military. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And if you want to go anything higher than that, you better. Yeah. Okay. Better figure out where you're staying off base because they're going to knock you. <laughs> Beat your ass. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, yeah, I've seen people go down. I saw this mm. girl get completely uh, uh, dishonorable, discharged for uh, not showing up to work due to uh, alcohol. Yeah. They, found, they, had the, they had the military police go to her house because she was really? living on base and she was just puking in the bed uh, in the bed well yeah she got drunk oh, this bitch yeah this bitch didn't make it to work mm. and mm. it was that that alone was enough for the military to be like that's too much <laughs> you went a little too much yep. okay this you need is, to and, stop. And, but this is these are the ramifications of that mm-hmm. she got booted from the military right that's a serious fucking thing Yes, like, everything really is serious, wanna, though. Do you want to ruin every? I mean, granted, it's the military, and yes, everything's serious. But it's like, do you really want that to be? There's different outcomes. There's just as severe outcomes for everything. For everything, 
Even if you're not in the military, if you're way too drunk, but you that's don't show the up to whole, work. Exactly. And that's the whole point is like, yeah, I'm, I feel bad because there's so many good drinkers out there. There's <laughs> like, a lot of good drinkers. You know, and I'm not one of them. I'm not, um, yeah, I never realized how much I didn't need to drink anymore. You don't. And in talking to my aunt, who is, she's, she produces stuff. Um, she's like, when you really go out to like a ho- like Hollywood, like big, the big dogs, when they're in the building, they're not getting shit faced. Like they're, ha- she was like, you'll be surprised when you go out to these parties, how many people do not drink. Or they have one drink, and that's it. Because who wants to work with the guy who's getting shit-faced in the corner? Well, that's why. Like, when you get up to yeah. the big leagues, they're not, you know, you need to put in work. You need to do your job. It's like $10,000 a minute we're spending. Like, we don't want to deal with a drunk. We don't have time for that. Just add up your hourly rate of who is on that set waiting for whoever that one person mm-hmm. is who isn't doing their job due to mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like you got a script, you a DP, an mm-hmm. assistant, a camera, da 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 Put each one, maybe 150 for that whole hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? an hour. An hour. That's 10 grand in that it's, hour. That's just, dude. yeah, yeah. It's a lot. And then there was a story where I heard real quick where this one he was like PA and they were like watch this one actor who was a heroin addict I don't know who he is but he like he was supposed to shoot and he ended up escaping to a bar downtown drinking his face off Uh, so years later I don't know what happened with that film years later that PA is now producing his own stuff and uh, that actor walks in and he stands up and he's like get the fuck out right now He's like, you are not allowed in my audition room. And like, and that's you get completely justified. I completely agree with him. Like, no, you, there are no second chances with that. No second chances. Now, I don't totally agree with no second chances. I'm just saying in this situation. Like, if you're going to be that selfish, then you need to do something else or get your life corrected or apologize to people. I mean, for me, if someone does me wrong and they apologize, cool, we're good. It could be really fucked up. But if it's like, all right, I'm sorry. I'm a human being. I see that. But not everybody's like that. I know. Not everyone is. I think it was a Monday, and it was so hard for me to just relax and just chill out. Like, I I have a hard time giving myself that permission like I was really always got to be working always got to be, be working on something like I went to the beach it was amazing I got a little sunburn um but it was like this beach in north of Malibu it was really like I had my own little spot there was really no one around me which was amazing I was reading a biography of Kazan uh Elia Kazan so I was still the director of um Streetcar named Desire the film yeah, and the uh, play. He did both with uh, Brando. Oh, oh. Yeah. It's a, oh, okay. It's a Tennessee Williams play. It's a Tennessee Williams play. Right. He wrote it. Um, so, you know, even in that aspect, I was still kind of working, mm-hmm. learning. 
my point is I have a hard time letting go of of not working. I'm kind, you know, I'm like listening to these podcasts. I'm listening to Denzel actor podcasts or podcasts about actors. I'm watching movies. I'm tweeting. I'm putting things on Instagram. It's like I like listening to music. I like discovering new bands. But for me. That need is so strong. I have a hard time. Like, oh, you know, I just go out and hang out by the pool. Not focusing on it. Not focus. Like, I. That's so diff- difficult for me. And I think it comes from where I come from. Where my mom was a teacher. She worked the after school program. Oh, thank her for her service. I will every day. I thank her. Ugh. I don't, but I should. Uh, she did summer school. She was a cashier at. Uh, you know, the local food store, whatever it was. It was like uh, Edwards at one point, some East Coast brand, some other uh, shop. It wasn't shop, right? Wherever. But she was a cashier like Friday, Saturday night, Sunday day, and, you know, a full schedule as I described. Mm-hmm. And then my dad, I think he worked just a nine to five, but then I think at some point he had a part-time job on top of that. So, like, I don't feel like... At times, most of the time, I don't feel like I can just, you know, lay back and kick it because of how hard they worked for me. Right. So I could always have food on my plate. Right. Even though, you know, all we could afford was McDonald's and Burger King when we went out. Dude, they're so psyched about you. Are you kidding me? They have a hard, they have a hard time showing it, but yeah, but they're I know so they're psyched. happy for me. And you know what? It, I recently feel like a dickhole because I went home to Florida and just. It's just a lot of like mental nonsense going through my head. I Mm -hmm. feel like I should just be here to be here with them because they're your parents. Yeah. They're the ones you got. That's it. That's it. It's like you get two eyes Mm -hmm. and that's it. That's all. Ugh. Scary. So I kind of, you know, to pay them back. Hopefully, I will be able to pay them back financially with money. Ugh, don't think of it that way. That is not the the gift is that they worked their fucking ass up, so you can focus out or you know not mm. focus on like you get to take the breather. You get to mold your oh. life. That's the gift they give. Okay. Oh, parents. Oh my God, are you kidding so me? So much drama behind parents. So much, and they want it because they know you so well. Mm. <laughs> are you kidding me? They know us so well. Sometimes I feel like they don't. Oh, they well because they get big headed. They like oh, okay. they do to where they just stop thinking we're growing and like yeah. Well, we also learn tricks. <laughs> mm. Don't count yourself out completely, but yeah, okay. they do know us and their criticisms and their questioning stings a little more than anybody else it does it hurts <sighs> my mom said you're just playing i'm like oh oh that used to happen it wasn't even my mom when i was in a sketch group in new york we'd have sometimes have to get extras for our scenes mm-hmm. and people would come over not knowing that you know my friend's a stand-up comedian in new york city mike salona shout out shout out shout out um and he's doing pretty well He's an editor as well. He's kind of nine to five doing it, producing his own uh, stand-up shows in New York City. I forget exactly where or I'd shout it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and just performing all the time. And he kind of downplay it, be like, oh, yeah, you know, we're just filming for fun. And I was like, mother, 
mm, this is not just for fun. Like, oh, I'm trying yeah. to do this professionally. Yeah. It's not like a joke to me. Well, it's hard for people to put that into a professional perspective. Like, it took me a while to take myself seriously. It does. It does take a while because you have to give it. And I think it's societal because I was talking about this in, um, or we were talking about in acting class, how our teacher mentioned, you know, in like, I want to say Germany or France, you know, you, you're an actor. So you go to school mm-hmm. and actually the government or some organization finds you work as an actor. They're like, this castle is doing a Shakespeare film festival or a fi- Shakespearean play. Uh, so we're going to have you to go and do that. And you're going to do Shakespeare for three months. Right. Like in America, we don't do that. We're like, oh, it's just a dream. It's, it's a silly dream and you should get a real job until you're actually on your own TV show. Right. But that's the whole... So taking yourself serious is tough because yeah. society doesn't take us seriously. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Until we're actually profitable and making millions of dollars, it's like, oh yeah, he's an actor. The thing that got me through that was the old adage: uh, "How do you get experience if to get the job you need mm-hmm. experience?" You know, and it's like, well, I'm not working towards being a what fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got my ideas, so I'll just yeah. keep that theory with what I'm doing. Yeah, and it's worked out mm-hmm. like. Who said Landon could go work on movies? Who said he's allowed to go play that game? Like, I never thought in a million... I used to dream about this shit. Like, I used to be like, oh, I can't wait. I'm like, I'm so proud of younger me for getting me here. It's like, oh, Bubba, good job. When you were younger, did you know you wanted to do this? I I mean, like high school. Stand-up comedy ended up being my big, like... The one thing, like, if I don't tackle this, like, uh-huh. everything else has been just great. And, like, I love it and I can't stop doing it. But mm-hmm. stand-up comedy is my, what would you call that? That's your passion. Your the drive. passion. Yeah, that's the drive. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm so not funny. <sighs> I know. I know. You're not funny normally. <sighs> ah, awkward. Yeah. Um, no, because I didn't. I watch movies, love movies. I've watched them all my life. I never imagined myself being in one when I was younger. So that's why I asked, because it's like, I didn't see this path. You you know, out of college, it wasn't even, or in college, never, never thought. And there would would be, there would be times I was like, because my friends do a lot of community theaters. His whole family did community theater. I was like, I'll be fun to do that. Did you do it? Uh yes. <laughs> What'd you no, I do? Did, I did one play. I was terrified. It, it was a, it was a scene from uh, Lovers and Other Strangers is the name of the play. Mm-hmm. I did one scene. It was like fifteen pages. I think I did amazing for the first time mm-hmm. ever on stage. Um, but it was like the first year I was acting. I was handed this. Someone else dropped out, and my one friend, her family, was like, oh, you know, uh, you want to do this? I was like, sure. It was one night. It was like a director's workshop because he just wanted to see. He was a new director to the um, to the theater, mm-hmm. so they wanted to see how he worked with actors. And uh, I, I wish I had uh, a film of this <laughs> because it, it was so bad Aww. compared to how I am now. It was just raw. It, but I think there was some things. I did some things in it in the performance where you could see there was potential for me. I didn't know what I was doing, and I was brand new. But I, there was some moments where it was like I knew I was kind of on the right path. I get that feeling from my show Minutes. 
I'll watch it every six months or so. It'll come up again on a, uh-huh. and I'll watch it. And I'm always like, well, good job, you guys, for this was before film school. This was before ever. Oh, no, yeah. just just writing words to paper and bu- mm-hmm. your friends just shooting you and doing it. And like, yes, please. Oh, what's wrong? You need water? Yeah, no, I'm going to grab it. Oh, he's pulling the cord, the long microphone away. And now I, I can't even see him. He's in the kitchen. Oh, he's grabbing something. In the, I can't. See, there we go. There he's back. back. I'm back, people. He's back. Um, I was actually just thinking about that because I like the show, Minutes. It's fun, right? It's fun. I enjoyed it, and I binge-watched it, and there's a lot of shit that people will t- tell me to watch, like friends of mine or acquaintances, and I'm like, okay, and I'll watch like two seconds. I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. Like, I actually binge-watch Minutes, which says something about it. Because it's so stupid. I don't kiss people's asses. No, you don't. You don't. I'm from New Jersey, so... If I tell you something, I'm being real. Yeah. Um, Let's let words have meaning. What would you say? Let's let words have meaning. Let's have words have meaning, please. Yes. Um, and I was just thinking about like, because we did um, your thesis together. I was yeah. In thesis film. Oh, thank you again for being in play. And you're welcome. Sam. Do you ever watch that? Once in a while. Oh, it's still good. It is still good. I like it. Oh. Way to toot your own horn, Aunt Landon. <laughs> um, I'm just so proud of everybody. I didn't sh- do no, you anything. Should you should be proud of what you did, and you should be proud of everyone. I just it. walked around while everybody just made a movie in front of me. It was right. wild. Everybody and knew like, their parts. Oh, so proud. I feel like when I first moved in the building, in that building, like there was a lot of that energy going on. Like you were, I don't, I don't know how, how long before that you did minutes, um, or after, or after. No, you did minutes before that. Right? Yeah, okay. I did minutes before play. Yeah. Okay, you know what I'm trying to say. Like there, I felt like there was that energy because you had rock bottom artists. Yeah. And you had all those things where people were working together, and I feel like that died in that specifically that place. Uh, oh. And I feel like all right. Well, I mean, I want, I want my own place. 32 i want my own fucking right. apartment but i just don't feel that that creativity creative creative energy right it's not cycling there anymore that's died i just feel like everyone's drinking now and that's all they fucking do hope no one <laughs> hope no one listens to this no that's ex- they're gonna hate me. I was I um I had a really bad experience once, and I drank on set once. Did you really? Yeah, it was minutes. <sighs> Did you know there's a whole nother cut of Aaron Stack that's not even on the show because I screamed. I was, oh my god, Landon, dude, Landon. I was partying hard when I was making that stupid thing, and but like, yeah, and then I was just a very humbling experience, mm-hmm. and I learned a lesson, and I moved forward. As you but, should keep moving forward. But um, we did continue to make stuff after that. And that's the Who thing. Who you and Aaron? Oh, you. You. Okay. And then the... And the Rock um, Bottom Artists. Yeah, but everybody in the building, too. Mm. I don't know. It's just everyone wanted to do something at the time. Now everyone's kind of confused at creating or something or like... They'd yeah, I mean, we're all in that YouTube commercial that was like a year and a half ago, or the YouTube Super Bowl thing. Oh, that was great. It yeah. was just fun because we all like it was like everyone in the building almost, and then that was the last time we all. But the projects have to be that big, I think. Now. They uh, maybe maybe they have to be bigger now. Maybe that's what it is. Because look but at like, them; those were just skits and stuff, you yeah, know. That we but did. I mean, what's, who's to say we can't do that? 
Anymore. Why do you think I'm writing this thing again? But it's like, that's why I'm here because you're doing stuff. You yes. have this podcast. It looks professional as fuck. Yeah. iTunes. Stop. It's on SundCloud. Is it on SoundCloud? Is that a good brand? Yeah, why not? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> it's I just like you're doing your thing and like, I want to be a part of, it's tough with SAG rules and regulations, yeah. especially they do, they change. And I get scared by unions. Unions scare me. I'm a very independent guy. It's okay. Um, they, Dude, I'm so pissed. They changed the rules for the new media. It's, they closed that loophole. They didn't huh? close it, but you have to have insurance now. Well, that's not that bad. Which is like Play a, had insurance. Okay. Well, all I'm saying is like now it's like you and me, what's that, $1,000? You get a deposit. Ours was only our insurance for that whole shoot was only coming out to like four hundred and fifty, and we went through state fund. Okay, that's not bad. And then once it was over, yeah. But it's like when you Cancel really have policy. no money, and you're like, all we have is the camera and some barely any lights. Now you have to have insurance on top of that, so maybe it's gonna. I think it's gonna cut down some work. Oh, unless you have that funding, that backing. <laughs> Um, like you said, I think a lot of our older projects, you, we, we critiqued them too harshly. We mm. were a little mean to ourselves about it. Okay. Um, you don't ever feel that way? No, I definitely feel that way. I think it's natural as an artist to critique yourself very tough. Yeah. Very harshly. Yeah. I yeah. did. But the thing is, okay, the, I go, I take class right now ongoing at New Collective. Uh, it's on Theater Row in, in Hollywood on Santa Monica. Okay. And they're like updating the lighting system. They're getting a marquee and they really want to build like this, uh, this community, this, like they did a bunch of original work, this, um, fringe festival. And I would love to be a part of that where I'm not on set. I'm hopefully, you know, when I'm not shooting a commercial on a TV show, on a film, I can do like a one man show or like write my own three person theater thing. And I'm really just creating and being a part of something bigger. Which is what I really want to do. And I think that's why I was a little upset. It's like, I thought I walked in this really great community of people building their own brand and work. And it just kind of, I feel like it died a little bit. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just right. saying I was a little disappointed. Because like, wh when I first moved in, you were starting to play. And like, I think in the one guy's apartment, there were like, the, all the crew and the cast. And you were there. And it was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And I felt like that died. That could be for so many reasons. Awkward pause. Awkward pause. I just, I, yeah. Communities move on. Like they the do. Like I mean, you left. Like the ninety-nine percent thing. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yes, I do. That died, but in it, lessons were learned. I'm sure. And yes. Ideas were passed, and mm -hmm. that's what the whole point of it is: is to be that sort of time capsule. I think, and I draw back to it only when I'm working with other people that have already been underneath the seal of, you know what I mean? Mm. Like I know who I trust most in this world. And these are the people who I like working with, the, you know? The, okay. I am at a point now, five years living out here where I can go, I have a first AD in mind. I have a uh, producer. I right, have right. DPs. Mm -hmm. lining, like, you have people. I have people mm -hmm. now. I Which did is great. <laughs> Which is amazing because you need those. Yes. And it takes time to find good people. Good indie people. Good indie people, yes. Or people that would want to work indie. People that will work, put in work. I mean, you're going to... I did this one 
I guess it's a short film. Mm-hmm. It was they were trying to pitch this project, um, where I got paid a hundred bucks, but all the actors got paid. The crew, everyone called in favors. It was like DP, PAs, first AD, all worked for free because they all work professionally. They all get money, and they're like, "Yo, I got to call in a favor on this passion project. We got to pay the actors, obviously." But crew's working for free. Yeah. They're like, all right, I'm in because you helped me out years ago. Which kind of sucks for me because I'd actually pay my crew <laughs> and make all Dick. my actors. Wait, am I not getting paid for this? What the <laughs> You're getting lunch. Fuck? We're getting vegan lunch. I know we are getting vegan lunch. Uh, which I love now, Thank actually. You Thank you for that. Thank you. Because I eat whatever is around me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I once saw I Landon mind. try to eat a cat. <laughs> It was really weird. Just rotisserie. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Mm, glazed. Mm. Yeah. I it found it in the backyard, Mom. <laughs> I found it. I, look what I found, Mom. Oh. Ooh, we're going to be eating tonight. We're going to eat good tonight, y'all. <laughs> um, oh, God. Um, but yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Now, I don't preach. I'm not like, oh, you should be you're too late. Vegan. Like, I don't like people who preach. Um, like I, I do believe in a lot of the, I guess, animal rights and lately me too, lately all that, but I'm not going to be, I don't post about it. I don't talk about it, but like all the animals, like there's like, I feel bad for animals, especially when they get their throat slit, especially elephants. I don't know what gets me about elephants. You ever see elephants when they're like because elephants mourn. They're dead. (sighs) That's why. I seen a bird picture mourning a dead bird. Yeah? Yeah. They get it. They fucking get it. It's just they're yeah, they're aliens on the same planet as Mm -hmm. us and we just are eating them. It's like they were there before (laughs) us, right? Just yeah. Killing them. Dinosaurs is crazy. Dinosaurs lived in this fucking planet before us. It's nuts. And they got animals. They've been here longer than we have. And then we're like, oh, look at us. We're so superior. We're going to kill you. No, we're going to kill ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's some goddamn truth right there, sir. Um, or is that just old talk? Like old people always get to that point right before the end. It's like, well, this this whole world was going to hell in a hand basket anyways. I'm oh, sorry. You were looking at your phone. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm you not are. You were my, looking to. I'm not. Looking I'm looking at my, at my kneecap. <laughs> I was looking at my kneecap, which was next to my phone. Um, I feel like every generation goes to that. It's like, oh, these kids these days. And I'm saying that. Like, these kids are retarded. They're not. They're, they're getting pr- there. They're getting retarded. No. <laughs> they don't have to know the same things as we knew. Right. I feel like they have to know more, though. There's more history and more. I think they are gaining that. They have infinite knowledge at their fingertips, most of them at any given time. I just feel bad because they're losing. I was walking home from a run from the reservoir, Mm -hmm. and there was like a tight little squeeze between a car on the sidewalk. And instead of being, oh, excuse me. Please be careful. (laughs) Please be careful. Um, Instead of the kid, he was probably like 20 or something. Instead of engaging, or not even engaging, just saying, excuse me or something. As we both try to squeeze by, he took out his phone and stared at it to avoid human interaction. 
Whoa. I just feel bad about that. Cool. That's like, that's like the go-to where it's like, oh, I don't want to see you. Let me look at my phone. Yeah. I see that all the time. I love I, it. I don't want to ignore you. And like, it's dangerous if you don't know where you're at. Uh, I started watching Viceland, uh, Black Market with Michael K. Williams. It's amazing. You should watch it. It's Viceland TV. But he was, they're talking about the um, car theft in Newark, New Jersey. The, the rings they have there. And they went around with this one car thief. He was like, I would get that guy. And they were in the middle of a park, uh, gas station. And he's on his phone. It's like, you just walk up to him, pull out your gun, like get out of the car. Because you're not paying attention. And that's kind of why I don't do that. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get robbed in Silver Lake Boulevard at 2 p.m. Yeah, you might. I might, but I'm not going to because I'm paying attention to my surroundings. Oh, well, that's a... Mm. Okay. I don't. It's I just a slippery slope. Like it you, is. You could argue that debate for to Kingdom Come, and then mm. change the dynamics of the you know the artifacts in that statement. It's like the gun was where, and like who? Yeah, anybody can do that. The mm-hmm. thing is, is I hopefully that's not in our culture because that sounds right. like a like a bacterium in the culture, like a something's wrong. That's a sickness that Something needs to is be. Wrong. Yeah, because you. Sh- Humans shouldn't be wanting to kill each other, I think, no? Well, the good thing was a lot of these people admitted they're like, I don't want to kill somebody over this. This is a car. Like, I'll point a gun at your face and threaten oh, to kill you. Yeah. But he was like, look, uh, this is the way I don't have life. another option. Yeah. I need to support my family, so I'm going to rob cars. I'm going to steal cars. And, like, not everyone is that way. Every once in a while, they go to, like, the suburbs, the rich suburbs near Newark, and people get killed because they, they don't give over their car. They think they're going to be super action heroes. And they die. But a lot of them don't want to kill people. They're like, I resorted to this life of crime because I don't have any other... No one will hire me. I did something young, dumb when I was young. And I'm still being affected by that 20 years later. Um, Americo was talking about uh, New Jersey being like a... Like up in New York, uh, New, how you say it? Newark. Newark. Yeah. Um. A lot of heroin use. Oh, uh, you go to Tom's River, mm-hmm. which is like a suburb. It's one of the most uh, heroin using areas in the country. It's become that in the past couple of years. I don't know why. Like it's not. It wasn't a bad area. I don't think it was a bad area for a long time, and then just heroin use skyrocketed. Now, does, did the heroin use turn that community upside down, and now is so. it derelict? Yeah, mm, the thing is getting worse because of, I mean, you bring more heroin, then you people realize, oh, I can make money here. Now there's drug dealers here, and probably more crime. Now people are committing crimes to get money for the heroin because now they're addicted. Um, and now this cycle is happening in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has this always been going on? No, it's like a new thing. Really? Yeah, it's a new thing. Like, how new? Last 10 years. Whoa. Yeah. Because, wow. I mean, car thievery was always big. There was one mall I used to go to. I didn't have a car, but if you had a Honda Civic, most likely your car was getting stolen. All right, so what is good that's going on in Jersey? Mm. Mm. Uh, Pizza. Oh, good. Really good pizza. Mm. I don't eat any, I don't eat dairy, but 
Uh, we have the best pizza in the country. I would like to try that pizza. I actually am a big fan of Gracie's Pizza on Melrose. I heard about Heliotrope. it in New York style in L.A. Yeah, Jay's Place. Yeah. Uh, across the street from that antique store. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll check it out. Actually, I won't. It's That's right across the street from uh, LACC. Oh, yes. Los Angeles yes. Community College? Community College, yes. Gracie's yeah, it's a good pizza. spot. It was like a pizza place before, but I would think it was shut down the entire yeah, time. Yeah, but and they just completely redid the inside. And yeah, it's a good look. They're still adding stuff. Like I never realized. Like once you're set up and painted and mm. cleaned and out and everything's good, you can start serving food. All of your like yeah. accoutrements on the walls. It doesn't are, have to be perfect. Yeah, you know? exactly. You just open the restaurant. Yeah, exactly. start making food because that's the most important part. Mm-hmm. But we were, he was talking about putting TVs in and like I'm like oh. Okay. And they serve beer and wine. I'm sorry. I'm just so psyched. Like a you friend opened psyched. a restaurant. Wait, did it, a friend open this? That's that's uh, Beth Asberg. Asberg. Wait. Beth. Al- Beth. Yeah. Who's Beth? You know Beth from film school. God, you know Beth. It's, Do I? Yes. And Show Jay me a picture is. Later. Yeah. Later, I said, not on your damn sorry. phone. Sorry, Lennon. Jay is um her uh a husband, and Jay has been. Catering, culinarying since I've known him. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, and he came to one of my shows one time, oh, actually. Nice. Yes, he, we, uh-huh. we, we went to Jay's bar, actually. Oh, really? The, right before we went to Molo to go to the show. And then, okay. anyways, um, um, I go to Gracie's mm-hmm. and it's Jay's restaurant. And I'm just like blown away. It's like, you have your own restaurant now. You did it. Mm-hmm. You fucking did you it. Like, fucking I guess, it. what am I complaining about mm-hmm. every day? Like, He's like, he's like, yep, I haven't slept in about three months, <laughs> but I did it. But I did it and uh, got to work tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, go ahead, Jay. And I think his brother working with him, too, because okay. there was somebody in there that I almost waved to that looked like him. And I was like, hey, Jay. No, that's hey, not Jay. Dude, okay. Uh, yeah. Awkward. <laughs> it is awkward. That's awesome, though. I just blame it on being gay. That's what I do with my hands. They're always up. <laughs> They're always. Mm. <laughs> sorry, that was offensive. Oh, sorry. Oh, so sensitive. Oh. No, sorry. My circle of friends, uh, that's different. That's like, true. You know what? I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it. It's, uh, I know who my people are. I know. You know. You know. Yeah. Because if we start putting limitations on speech to from each other, mm-hmm. oh, my God. I would go insane if mm-hmm. I had to start. I'm offended. Trigger warning. Trigger, trigger, warning. trigger warning. Trigger. Hold on. How many trigger warnings are in this podcast? <laughs> trigger warning. Offensive language. Trigger warning. Dare use. So, do you? But can words be violent? Is that violence? I think every word should be free to just be spouted out whenever. And do you want to know why? Why? Because we are not fucking animals, okay? We mm-hmm. are human beings. We can say whatever we want. It's when you hurt someone mm-hmm. is when the bad thing happens. Yes. It's not the words. It's like when someone gets offended. Nothing actually is happening to you. Right. You're offended. Get over it. Yeah. That's something you're figuring out. That offends or... me. It's like, okay, sorry. Well. Actually, no. Okay, bye. Find out why. Come back with a debate. Yeah. And we'll continue using our words. We'll continue saying the same shit. Yeah. And that's fine. Because I can't be responsible for your feelings. I... And now I'm not going out and calling people like bitches and hoes and purposely offending I am, them. though. But Landon <laughs> is a bitch and a hoe. <laughs> and he knows this. But like this, just things I joke around about, you know, 
it's like I can't if you take offense to it, I'm sorry. Right. But yeah, there. I can't just walk around and be like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry." Like apologizing for everything I say. Thank you, Matthew, Matthew Peter, Peter Murphy. Murphy. Stop! I know. I just <laughs> want to say it nicely. Okay, go Matthew, ahead. Matthew Peter Murphy. There we go. Um, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. A heading. I initially started this podcast with the idea that that it was going to help me focus that was going to help me concentrate on what I needed to do to accomplish my goals. In a sense, it infringed on my goals. It made me overthink about everything. It it, it took hours away shuffling through music, learning audio editing programs like Audition, but now I know all those things, so that's kind of cool. But, but also that um, that you that I realize what goes into these things, and I'm a little bit more educated. But I'm not as far along as I want to be. So my new ship heading is going to be towards comedy, again. getting on those open mics, dropping all this extra writing that I'm I'm not going to be able to come into fruition. It's never going to come into fruition if I don't have a following or anybody that sees me. Nobody's going to see me at home. Is what I'm saying. Making podcasts. So. Got to get out more. That all led to the Karma Lounge uh, on Beverly Boulevard. I just want to thank those guys for being such a supportive network of comedians and awesome bar and just a great performance space and how blessed LA is to have so many different spots. And then each comedian kind of finds their own niche in a sense, uh, what they're kind of going for. You want to hit them all because you want to experience all comedians, but there's some shows that just really suit your fancy. And for me, it's the... Uh, I have two, actually. One is the Backyard Open Mic with um, Charles Disney. And the other one, uh, that's only on Sundays, uh, in secret. Uh, (laughs) And um, not anymore, but... uh, (laughs) And then the one at the Karma Lounge, uh, ran by Anna Wong and Nick Morris, Edgar, Alice, the bartenders, um, uh, Brendan Cooney, uh, and, and, and Jacob Bunny, and Danielle Soto. I'll get the last name. It's not a, it's not a man-woman thing. It's just, I'm dumb. Um, but yeah, those people are totally accepting and enlightening and pushing their own personal verbal envelope, in a sense. They're pushing their own line forward, and it's inspiring to watch. There are few people that I've come up with since I got here that are really still doing it actively pursuing and I think that's me too I fell off I you have to you got to separate yourself from these things sometimes because when it doesn't when it's not a hobby anymore (laughs) that's when that's when the fun can start to leave (laughs) when you when you don't see if it's not being fun you got to stop and you got to re-examine it'll call you back and don't worry you haven't lost anything if you leave for a little bit you know what you know now and you could always gather more information but don't beat yourself up on the failures Ugh, I'm just ranting, but I'm just so excited about my new ship heading going towards what I should have been going towards a year ago. Less weed, more comedy. I'd like to thank my guest today, Matthew Peter Murphy, and I'd like to thank the listeners for tuning in again. Music by The Losers, Gotta Keep Moving, and Broke for Free, A Year, and As Colorful as Ever, from their album, Layers. All these songs and more can be found at freemusicarchive.org. This has been a production of LandonCharlesHughes.com.